And now back to your regular programming. You've never heard less productive analysis. Heard nationally, it's the Believe in FCS Football Podcast with Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. On today's episode of the Believe in FCS Football Podcast, we have an awesome interview that I did with Southeastern Louisiana head coach Frank Selfo. Before we get to that interview, though, folks, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, that being Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get that bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. We're right now in the offseason. How have things been going so far in this transition from spring ball to the offseason workouts? Uh, it's been good. I think this is a, you know, this is the time you reevaluate uh, what you ha- what you did in the spring and the guys you did it with and uh, then you carried over in the summer and what you what you what happens in the summertime is that uh, it really separates the guys who are really here for a purpose and then the guys that just like to be on the team and then that's where your leadership comes from and and uh, you know I, we start coming together as a family we're not there yet we still got a lot of things that we got to do and make better and uh, we're working on that on a daily basis but I'm really starting to see some things come together that I think are important for us for future success so coach you're talking about having to build up and, and figure out this roster and, and that transition into this upcoming season. I think one of the biggest transitions for this team is going to be replacing Cole Kelly, who was a Walter Payton award winner was statistically so dominant right now. What kind of hurdles does that present for you and in, in your team? And, and how has that process been so far trying to find that the next starting quarterback for your squad? Yeah, it, it really is critical. Cole, uh, and really should have won the Walter Payton Award twice. I don't mind saying that. I, right. I'm not. I'm not even biased. I could have just sat back, looked at the numbers, <laughs> made that decision. But uh, I, I think it's it. What's so important is that what Cole on the field and numbers and what you saw each week. Uh, that's one thing. But I, I think his leadership was the other thing that really the impact that he made on our organization was uh, so critical. So it's it's not only replacing the player; it's replacing the person and the leadership and the things that he gave us uh, off the field. And I think that's what's important. So we're working towards that right now. we got some guys that are trying to step up, take over that role, and uh, uh, to get to allow us to move forward and continue to uh, play well. Yeah, I was one of the advocates for, for Cole to, to win the award for a second time. I, I was pretty surprised that, that he didn't. But, Coach, right now that, that quarterback competition, if you don't mind me asking, has there been any, any progress in how many guys are maybe – uh, in in the fight for that spot, well, I, I think right now it's uh, Cephas Johnson and Kobe Suits are the two guys that are uh, pretty much at the, have separated themselves a little bit between one and two, and then Eli Sawyer and uh, Bauer Sharp are right behind those two guys. So I, I, we've got some quality depth. Uh, we got some quality players in that room, uh, and we're just trying to you know as, as camp goes on, summertime is important again. Uh, and then camp's going to be important. That's another phase that we go through. And we're not afraid to play two quarterbacks. Two, in 2019, uh, we played two quarterbacks. Cole was the backup then. 
Chase and Virgil was a starter. Then uh, Cole was a situational guy. So that could possibly end up being uh, part of our solution. But we're, we're, we're looking to find a starter. But if we don't, if two guys are really playing well, then we're not going to be afraid to use either one of them. So, Coach, I, I noticed a little bit of a, an interesting trend with, with some of the quarterbacks that you've worked with over your career. And, and I noticed there were a couple guys who in particular fit the uh, kind of the, the physical profile that Cole Kelly had. Nick Foles was, was referenced in your, in your bio on the website, Blake Bortles, all really big quarterbacks. It, I got to ask, is there any intentionality with, with that, or has it just been pure, pure coincidence? No, I, I like bigger guys. You know, I, I think if you if you're smaller, it does have some. Uh, uh, not not to say small quarterbacks can't be great. Now, Russell Wilson's as good as it gets, right? And uh, but I, I think bigger guys do have some advantages built in because of the, uh, especially in the pass game, being able to see, you know, vision. I think that's you know that's a key in anticipation. Some of the windows that they're able to see over uh, instead of through the line of scrimmage. So I, you know, I. I We'd you'd like to have taller guys, uh, but at the end of the day, that's not that's just one box, you know, Joe. So it's not mm -hmm. like uh, you know you just throw it up in the air and say if, if he's not six four, we don't want him. We don't do that. Uh, but you, that's one of the things that you do. Maybe if you got two things that are equal, two guys that are pretty equal, might take the taller one over the shorter one uh, if if all things are equal. But there's so many. There's so many uh, things that go into uh, being a good quarterback, you know, and uh, but that it, that certainly is one of them. And if we can, we'll find a bigger one, you know, at that position. We'll do that at just about any position, to tell you the truth, you know. So you'd rather have a big good guy over a small good guy. Yeah, very unique ending up noticing that. And it's cool to hear you talk about how that's something that you intentionally look for with quarterbacks. It seems like there tends to be a little bit of a trend right now for these these smaller guys like Kyler Murray, like Russell Wilson in the NFL and, and across some of these FCS teams as well. Coach, you did have that opportunity to make that stop with the Jacksonville Jaguars after being so many different, amazing places. How has that opportunity to work with the Jaguars, especially when they were so good, how has that helped prepare you for the role that you currently have as the head coach for Southeastern Louisiana? Well, I, you know, when you get to the, highest level of anything it uh you know it, it does help you prepare for anything else right and i think what the the organization itself and the way that it's structured we're doing a lot of the same things uh everything from evaluation and practice and uh, off-season programs uh in-season practice schedules uh, things like that and i and i think what it does it lends itself because it, it is such a uh you don't have recruiting uh, at the professional level. So the, what, what do you do with all that time that you're out on the road recruiting or bringing in recruits or evaluating? Well, you're, you're working on ball. You're spending time doing that. So we, we've kind of combined those two things. Obviously, we have to recruit. We've got to get good players in there. Uh, we don't have free agency, although the transfer portal has kind of uh, lent itself for that. But what, what we're able to do now is that we're able to take all of the things that, that kind of I got from there, but then you know input from our staff also, and use them on a day-to-day -day basis here to maximize the time that we have without spending way too much time in the office uh, sitting around doing anything. So I think it's, it's allowed me to streamline and organize so that our coaches can be productive without having to spend an enormous amount of time here. You mentioned the free agency aspect of, of college football and how it's starting to become more and more prevalent. I, I'm just curious from your FCS 
perspective, what kind of limitations has that maybe caused or, or hurdles has that, that caused for you as a head coach? Um, I think, you know, probably the biggest impact that, that it's had on us is that FBS could transfer to FCS and be eligible immediately. So we were able to, uh, you know, there were some quality guys out there that were looking to just play one more year or, you know, two years or something like that and be able to drop down to us and be eligible to play right off the bat. Well, now using the one-time transfer rule, they can jump in the portal and transfer FBS to FBS and have the same uh, opportunity to be able to play immediately. So that's kind of tilted the scales a little bit where uh, we've got a, uh, you know, we're not the same guy uh, mm-hmm. that we might have had a chance to get before. Cole Kelly might not have come to us if he could have gone to another FBS school and been el- eligible immediately. I don't know that, but, you know, that that's an example. And uh, so I think that's where you, you know, that's some of the, one of the obstacles maybe that it's presenting. I think from a positive standpoint, there's a lot more options out there. There's more players that we haven't, we've, we have access to because of the portal that we can go in look at, evaluate, contact schools uh, and talk about those players and see if they fit what we're looking for, either on the field, off the field, uh, personality wise. And if it is, then we, you know, make a run at them, but it, it, it has changed the way recruiting is. I think the high school kids are the ones that get hurt more than anything else because there's less opportunities for them. Um, so I, it, it, it allows us to get a ready-made player to plug in and play, but it's got to fit your culture. You got to be real careful with the culture that you don't bring somebody in that upsets the things that you, you got going on. So that's really important for us when evaluating guys is to find out what type of person he is uh, away from the football field. On the recruitment side of things, it obviously does provide a lot of options, but it also provides options for guys on your roster if they do want to leave. Have you found any maybe any struggles with that as well, or or, or do you think if if you're doing the right things, those guys are going to want to stick around and, and continue to develop? It, it, just in general, it feels like a lot of guys are really quick to if things aren't going their way, they leave. So like I wasn't afforded the opportunity to have the transfer portal when I played. Most guys stuck it out, they developed, and then eventually got on the field. Do you think that's a little bit more more the case these days, that people are impatient? Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you see that, and it bears itself out in the portal. I, I met with our compliance director yesterday, and it's about a 50-50 split right now. The guys that leave with a, with a scholarship, they leave a program, and only about 50% of them, and the numbers are bearing itself out, they end up at another place with another scholarship. Wow, and uh, so it's it's a shame that a lot of these players are getting bad advice. One, uh, they're getting whether it be from their parents or from their buddy next door or from their uncle, whatever it is, they get bad advice. Look, if you go somewhere else, you get cheated there, you're getting screwed over. Go somewhere else, you know, you can go to a bigger, better place. And those guys aren't getting an opportunity. And and what's happening is that a lot of these guys aren't going back to college. They're giving up a pre college education. Uh, based on some bad advice that they got, and uh, instead of really having some introspective look at what what the heck's going on, why can't I be a little bit better? You know, I tell the kids all the time, look in the mirror, not in the window. Quit looking out there, seeing there's something else. Look in the mirror and make that person a whole lot better. And, uh, I, you know, that's where, like you said, it, it's maybe a few years back when you didn't have as many opportunities to do what you wanted to do, uh, you just ground it out. And you see guys develop that way. You know, you see guys – as an 18, 19 year old, immature, not quite ready to play. Uh, they struggle with some things, but then you see them as 20 and 21 and 22. 
really become great players for you because, mm-hmm. because for what you said, they stuck it out and they allowed themselves to grow. When you go into another organization, there's uh, uh, a brand new learning curve, new coaches, new, new terminology, all those things. So it's not like you jump into that spot exactly where you left the last one. That's not the case. The case is, is that you're going to take a step backwards until you learn it. They learn, the coaches learn you, you learn the coaches. And uh, we've been fortunate here. We don't have a lot of guys that jump in the portal. Uh, we do have, we got a couple of guys that some, some schools have tried to raid us on. Uh, we've, we've had some issues with uh, a couple of FBS schools that, that are coming in trying to recruit our guys. That's going to happen. Uh, it's not, it's not technically, I guess, uh, legal for them to do that by the NCAA laws rules, but, uh, who knows? NCAA doesn't, they don't follow their own rules half the time. So it really doesn't matter. So we had Tucker Kraft on, on our show feed, uh, the South Dakota state tight end. And he kind of talked about and told us that he was offered some, some pretty big money by these FBS programs to leave South Dakota state was not even in the portal. And I know that there's not really a solution to this, but I'm just curious from your eyes, and that's very disheartening as a as an FCS advocate to hear that that's happening at a program like SLU that someone's trying to come in and, and take your players from the FBS. What do you think a potential solution can be to that if there even is one? Well, I, I'm not sure there is one. You know what you here's what you'd like to you'd like to say is that there's uh, there's a, a code of conduct in our mm-hmm. profession, and that uh, you know it's it's your job to recruit guys coach them and develop them right and uh and make them a really good player well if you it's your job to go find those guys and if a guy does jump into the portal then uh, you know go, go do everything you can to get it i mean I, i'm he's open he's wide open right but if he's not in the portal at least have the uh, the morals not to go raid somebody else's football team i think that's where the problem lies and and, you know, head coaches say, we don't do that. Well, they're lying. They know they, they know it's taking place. They know it's going on. They wink, wink, and they say, don't tell me it's happening. But you know exactly that it is taking place, and those coaches know that it's taking place. And, um, you know, so that, that's what's a shame about the whole thing. If a guy's in the portal, he's, you know, he's open season. But if he's not, then, uh, you know, let, let's stay above board. That's, and I think as a profession – uh, we got to handle that ourselves. NCAA is not going to. Again, they don't have any power anymore, and they really don't have. They don't have a, a, a you know, enforcement team to take a look at all the issues that are taking off, taking place right now. And uh, you know, their hands are full with everything else, and they put themselves in this position. But I think as a, as a coaching community, we have to govern ourselves and call our own selves out. And you know, when guys cross the line like that, they need to be called out. Right. I, I think that it's certainly a big integrity issue. And, and those that argue for being able to do that, I think is, is pretty crazy. Like this is uh, supposed to be a competitive field where you shouldn't be stealing guys from rosters. You can't do that in the NFL. But coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on here today. I really appreciate your insight on a number of things. That's all we had for you. We're going to be rooting for you, though, this season and looking forward to seeing how uh, Southeast from Louisiana does. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. And it- Appreciate what you're doing for FCS football, man. As much uh, exposure that we can get, we want. And, you know, I, I just think it's – we got a really good brand of football. And uh, I, I've never coached in it before I got here. And, uh, you know, I've, I've learned there's some great programs around the country and some coaches that do one heck of a job coaching. And I've been at every level and they can coach at any level and as well as anybody else. So the, uh, the opportunity.
opportunity to go against those guys week in and week out on a national scale uh, is exciting for me. And I love the system. I love the playoff system. Uh, it, it's just a good time right now. Of course. Well, thank you so much, Coach.